0: We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church, Edith To find out more about us, visit
1: lightchurch.co. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Um, Really appreciate um, this congregation. Uh, Lisa sends her love. She is kind of recovering from being a little bit sick. And um, so she's down here with us, but um, couldn't quite get out of bed this morning. Um... Do you know, I've, I've been invited to speak in a few places before, but you guys are the only ones that actually invite me back. So, I appreciate that. <laughs> if this is the last time, then I know this is no good. Because Lisa's not here this time, so we get where the favouritism comes. That's Hey, um, so here with um, my son, Sam and Bella, they're right here, and have a wave, it's my job as dad to embarrass you, and also very much part of our family, Amy and Joy, and I'm actually going to get, Joy is going to come and help um, me and read a scripture, we're going to read from Luke's Gospel this morning, so welcome Joy for me, she's going to read from Luke chapter 7, verses 11 onwards, thanks Joy. Jesus raises a widow's son. Soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Then he came up and touched the the buyer, and the bear stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. Thank you, Joy. So I want to throw this question out there to you to um, contemplate this morning as we kind of like walk through this scripture. Um, What do you think about when you think about God? And what does it look like when God rocks up? You know, I think in all our minds we have a, a, a picture, a sense, uh, maybe like a, a subconscious thought of what God's like. Um, you know, the world is full of speculation and accusation of what God, God is like. But Scripture tells us ultimately that there's a revelation of what God is like, and that's Jesus Christ. And so there's, whatever picture you have of God has always been measured by Jesus. And, and God made that so clear in Him coming to earth and living amongst us and seeing how He interacts, seeing what moves His heart, seeing what breaks His heart, seeing who He is. And so, as we look at this story, this is a, um, an amazing, powerful story of, of Jesus. And I want you to sit in and know that God is like Jesus and Jesus is like God. Um, and I'll, I'll preach you to say, the most important thing about you is what you think about when you think about God. That's an outrageous statement, but I've found that to be so true. When my, my, my perspective of God is, is uh, maybe out of line with who Jesus is, it can, it can really affect my worship, it can affect my life, it can affect how I think, how I see the Scriptures, read the Scriptures. And so we're going to align our thoughts of God with the person of Jesus Christ. And so this, I think this story is an amazing one. We meet a woman on probably her worst day. I don't know what your worst day is or that you've had, but we see this woman and she is a widow who's just lost her son. It's a horrific day in her life, probably could be a worse tragedy, not just the emotional loss that now she's lost a son, but for a woman in this day and age, she um, will become very vulnerable um, in society, she'd probably move from, um, you know, having the provision of of she lost the provision of her husband already because she's a, wi- a widow but also the son was the one who's going to own the land the son would be the one who would look after her and now she has lost that and so her she's wrecked she is wrecked what is your worst day i love these words though so jesus rocks up and i think these two things are very important to stop because yes we do see the end of the story jesus raises the son, but it says this when jesus rocks up he saw her he saw her. It means Jesus knew her story. He saw all of her. He knew what she was fearful of. He saw what she was carrying. She saw the fears, the pain of the past. And he had compassion. You know, he didn't see her through eyes of disappointment. He didn't see her through eyes of um, of. Of what's your performance like? He didn't see her through eyes of, you know, have you impressed me? Have you prayed enough? He saw her through eyes of compassion. He saw her story and saw the eyes of compassion. And I would just really love to encourage you whatever your picture of God is, that you understand that He's a God who sees you, knows your story, sees you and all wrinkles and all, sin and all. He sees you and sees you through eyes of compassion. And this was what moved God. And what's really interesting is that Jesus found her in a town called Nain. Anyone familiar with this town called Nain? It's only mentioned once in Scripture. In fact, I think what's curious about this is that um, this, this town is a small, probably poor town, um, would have been at least a day's journey. And we don't actually see Jesus teach anywhere else around this. We don't see Jesus healed. There's no other record of anything that happens. And so it would be fair to maybe assume that Jesus moved with compassion, uh, led by the Spirit of God, has travelled a day to meet this woman in her worst possible moment. I don't know what you think about when you think about God, but can I encourage you to think about a God who sees you in your worst moments through eyes of compassion and wants to help? Obviously, Jesus rocks up and Jesus, being Lord of all, being victorious over death, only needs to speak to the man and he is revived, comes back to life because Jesus is victorious, completely over death. Thank God we celebrated that last week and every week as we meet on a Sunday, that Christ has victory even over death. And so Jesus, speaking to the man gives him back to the sun, and and this is the thought i kind of want you to carry and we're going to share some other things and in a little bit amy's going to share a story but i want to share a few more stories is that god's compassion precedes his power and as we move and we want to see god move in people's lives it's compassion that we see god move in first i want to tell you about a friend of mine steve steve crocker is a good mate of mine he um he's a redhead which is All you really need to know about him, he, I knew him as a teenager, we were uh, mates, we'd go to punk rock shows together, he's a little bit taller than me, um, he's got a very red beard, he's a great guy. Steve um, was a missionary to Bali, so he left um, quite a few years back, he's back in LA now, but he had this time as a missionary in Bali and he was working amongst children. And here's the thing about Jesus is that he is the same yesterday, today and forever, amen. And so we've heard this story of how Jesus is rocked up in the Scripture, and that's history. But Steve has this amazing moment, I think really reminds me of this story, of how Jesus rocked up in his situation working with young poor people. So he's working with a um, bunch of poor people, and they're praying for some poor people, and a young boy was brought to their group. who um, was poor, lived on the streets, and he was suffering from HIV. In fact, the mother was carrying him and he was quite lifeless. He was still alive, but as the HIV virus affected him, his lungs were filling up with liquid and he was um, just did not have a great life expectancy. And Steve, as he tells this story, he says that he he didn't feel a lot of faith, but what he felt for this young boy and his mother was an overwhelming sense of compassion. He felt compassion well up within him, and he just he just wanted to hold and, and Hug this child. This was kind of God's love—the same love that we saw, the compassion that we saw. Jesus having this this young boy in Nain, this mother in Nain, was now alive in my friend Steve. And so he took the baby and he said he just offered a very simple prayer. Uh, And and he tells the story, my friend Steve. He says there wasn't a lot of faith, but there was a lot of love. And he just said something simple like Jesus heal this boy, touch him, come and pour your love on him. And this boy shot up. This boy shot up, jumped down and started running around and started saying in his native language, I'm healed, I'm healed, and came to my friend Steve and said, who, what power healed me? It was Jesus. Amen. Have you had an experience like that? I'd like to have more, I'll be honest. But this same Jesus who rocked up to the widow's son now rocked up to this woman In our day and age probably only 10 years ago now Steve's a good mate of mine and um so he's back in Adelaide and every now and then we like to go out we really truly believe that Jesus presence is the same yesterday today and forever and so we go out expectant that God would lead us and opportunities to pray for people and so we do this thing it's a little bit weird but that's okay I think Um, you know weird's good I do I don't mind weird we call it treasure hunting where we'll just sit and pray, we make ourselves available to God and say, Lord, um, you know, we're, we're here, lead us, guide us, we want to be used by you, we know you love people, we know that you're active in this world and we want to be part of what you're doing and loving and reaching people. Um, quite simple like that and, and in that journey we've been, we found ourselves um, God ro- helping us rock up into people's moments. There have been a couple of people that like prayed for a guy with gout and he got healed, that was amazing. Um... Pray for some people with sore backs and got to see them get healed. But the amazing part is just the stories that you rock up with, we we met with a guy who'd just come out of prison and he'd come to faith in Jesus out of prison but he was still struggling with his addiction and God kind of led us to him and that was an amazing um, moment and we've had these sort of interactions but the story that um, I think for me just reminds me of God's compassion for people, even people who maybe don't know him and call out to him, Um, is this one time we were praying and Steve saw a picture of a black four-wheel drive, and this is kind of how we do it, right? We listen, wait, and we kind of, we're never sure whether we're actually hearing God or not, you just kind of, we're willing to take the risk. Saw a picture of a black four-wheel drive, and our sense was he was in this area, he's like, oh, my, my, my cousin lives in that area, has a black four-wheel drive like that, maybe we should just go to a house and see what happens. So, we drive to the house, it's about 9.30 at night, because we have to put our kids to bed first, and... Um, and we rock up to the house, but the black four-wheel drive isn't there. So we're like, okay, well maybe we've misheard, maybe whatever. But while we're here, let's just let's I mean, We're here, let's just sit outside the front of her house. Let's just pray for a cousin. A cousin didn't know Jesus, wouldn't have been calling out to God for help in whatever situation she was in. Sat there, prayed for a while. Um, thought, all right, well, cool. Maybe that was a bit of a waste of time, but we prayed for her, and that's never a waste of time. So we kind of drove off. That was the end of our treasure hunting for the night. The next day, Steve texts his cousin, says, hey, this is going to sound heaps weird. Again, she's not a believer. Hey, um, this is going to sound weird, but my mate and I were like out the front of your house praying for you last night. Like, what's going on in your life? Is everything okay? And she was blown away. And see, what had actually happened was that night, her and her partner had, had a pretty big bust up, and it was bad. Um, it was violent. And he actually had taken that black 4 drive and, and stormed off. And he'd come back kind of ready to go for round two, but happened to see another car parked across the road with two guys staring at the house kind of. And, he, and so he's messaged her saying, who have you got looking after the house? He, he had this sense that like, what the heck, you know, now you've, got, you've gone and called someone to come and, you know, protect, so I can't, you know, come back. And so again, we see Jesus in our kind of, you know, our minimal faith of like, alright, well let's just go step out in faith, but in true compassion, caring for this woman who, like I said, didn't know her, like this woman in Nain, we don't know, you know, it doesn't tell us anything about her. It was Jesus's compassion for her. You know, can I encourage you that Jesus' compassion is for you? We don't have a list of all the do's and don'ts that this woman has done. You know, Steve's um, cousin didn't Worship Jesus, probably didn't ask for God's help, but Jesus was willing to take and use regular people, willing to say, hey, Lord, your, let your compassion lead us. We'll trust you. Lord, we want to see people like you see them. See, God saw Steve's cousin. He had compassion on her. He just needed to find someone willing to listen. That's exciting. That sort of thing is exciting. And so I love that stuff. But you may also sort of be saying, yeah, but Jace, like, I've been on the other side of that. I've been in trouble and no one's rocked up. I've had my worst day ever and Jesus didn't come and, and raise anyone back to life. You know, um, this hits home for me. I, I lost my mum to cancer last year. It was, a, it was a two-year battle. And there were multiple times just praying, even just for relief from the pain, and it seemed like God wasn't there wasn't listening didn't heal you know we had um a young girl from from um temple where we where we work um who'd had chronic pain in her legs and at a worship night last year we were able to we laid hands on her and prayed for her and her pain instantly left that she's had in her like her whole life she hasn't known without pain and and jesus just touched her in that moment and healed her and took away that pain but my same hands with my same faith praying to the same god praying for my own mum, i saw nothing happen you know this this story does acknowledge that see this woman that we've seen in the town called Nain she's just lost her son and Jesus yes Jesus rocks up and heals him but we she's a widow and so the same Jesus the same God who rocked up in that need where was that God when she lost her husband this can be a very true real experience for us can't it the God who is where is he in the absence and I don't know what you're sitting in or what situation you're facing or have faced because the discouragement of prayers unanswered can be really painful uh it can stop us from stepping out the where is god when he doesn't rock up the way i want him to rock up you know just as you kind of maybe sit in that and i'd even ask you boldly is there is there a disappointment that's stopped you from stepping out because you haven't seen God move. I'm going to ask uh, my precious friend Amy, um, friend slash daughter. Amy's been um, very much part of our family for about the last last nine years. We were her youth pastor and um, she's become very much more than that to us and she's going to share her story.
0: Hello, as Jason said, I'm Amy. Um, so I was born in 2004. I grew up with two awesome parents and a brother. My Mum's name was Deb, and she was highly extroverted, really happy, made everyone feel loved and welcomed and everything. And my dad, he was super, super kind and super smart. So, yeah, um, I had a really awesome childhood. Like, I grew up, had always had friends round. I went to the Salvation Army, so I had a bit of a a faith growing up. Um, And yeah, it was just really awesome, had big family in England so always was over in England in Australia had family over from England in Australia um but it wasn't always like that unfortunately because in 2010 was when my mum was first diagnosed with cancer um and I was really young I was only in year one at the time so I didn't really know what was going on much but I knew that my dad was her rock and stuff um she fortunately got better from that that round of cancer, but then in 2012, my dad um, went to work and didn't come home cause he had passed away from an aneurysm, which was really surprising to us. Like we just had no idea, especially cause we thought, oh, mum would be the one to get sick, but then dad ended up going as well. So that was a big shock for our family. And so then it was just me, my mum, and my brother. Um, and yeah, so that was grief processing grief and stuff but my mum was really awesome and she actually really taught me how to grieve in a really healthy way. Um, But then in 2014 was when I really suffered from PTSD and anxiety so I was just stressed all the time that my mum was going to die and yeah you name it. I was only like 10 at the time so I was very young Um, but I went to a psychologist and I actually felt like I got really stronger from her and I actually think that that was a blessing in disguise that I had that moment of so much anxiety because then I could teach myself how to be strong for what was about to come because then in 2014 about August was when we found out that my mum's cancer had come back and so that was another shock to us because I was very an optimistic girl I would say because of my psychologist Um, and then so it was about a year of not really knowing what was going on. But then in 2015, around July, um, was when they broke the news to us that my mum's cancer had spread to her liver and she wasn't going to get better. So then um, we had about a month of just really weird. It was such a weird time. Because some of it was happy, like so many friends were coming around and stuff. And yeah, but then in August was when my mum passed away. And so I moved in with a family called the Stanfords. And, yeah, but it meant meant that me and my brother were now orphans. But, yeah, so that was five years of, like, heaps of trauma. And, yeah, but then I could put a full stop there and claim that that's the end of my story. But God had a different plan for me, and he knew my heart, and he had been planning the whole way how I would come to know him and know his glory. So, Deuteronomy 10, verses 17 to 20 says... For the Lord our God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords. He is the great God, the mighty and the awesome God who shows no partality and cannot be bribed. He ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. He shows the love to foreigners living among you and gives them food and clothing. So you too must show love to foreigners for you yourselves were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. So God has had his hand all over my life. And even if I didn't feel it, when I couldn't see it, like he was there. Um, Back in 2015, when my mum was really sick, um, that's when I first met Lisa and Jason because they were my youth pastors at this little random church that was connected to my school. And little did I know that that was going to set me up for a lifetime of serving God and getting to do God and do life with them. Um, something cool about the McPhees, even though they're not my biological parents, um, God knew what I needed. Sorry, I'm going to read. I was preparing this last night and I forgot about all this stuff I had written here before. So I'm just going to share this little journal entry that I wrote like ages ago. Um, so it's very personal. I haven't shared it before. So sorry about that. When I have these thoughts that maybe God isn't real, I remember this and I say there's no way God isn't real. He is so real and he knows you better than you know yourself and will provide you with what you need and more. 17 Summerhill Court was where I grew up. My family loved and cherished that house so when my mum died and we had to leave it, it was definitely a bit sad. Now I'm so thankful to God that he placed the McFees in my life they have loved me better than any human ever can. Anyway, the first time I walked into the McPhee home was in 2016. I believe I believe when I walked in, I was amazed. It was the exact same floor pan as my old home. The exact... Bella's room was my room, Sam's room was Joe's room, and Lisa and Jason's room was my mum and dad's. So not only did the McPhees bring family back into my heart, but God was like, hmm, I'm going to bring her home. There's no doubt that God is so good. He is so, so, so good. I'm so blessed. He has truly blessed me and I will thank him for the rest of eternity. Um, so that's just one little thing. Like this, God has just rocked up in my life in so many ways. He usually shows me through like rainbows as well because my family, we were, we were obsessed with rainbows. We love singing somewhere over the rainbow and stuff. And so every time I see a rainbow, it not only reminds me of my parents and the fact that they're in heaven now, But it also reminds me of God's promises that he has for us, that he actually won't leave us or forsake us. And yeah, um, another story I have in here, which also, it was when my mum was really, really sick in hospital, on her deathbed, actually. All right, so it's called Mum Visits Heaven. I don't know all of the details of this story, but I know that it is true and there is a great piece about it. It was the day before my mum passed away, so she was nearly the sickest she had ever been. I was at school, but I am fairly sure Rochelle, sorry that's someone you don't know, (laughs) Rochelle was in the room to witness this. My mum's heartbeat dropped down to one beat every 15 seconds, which is really bad. As my mum was unconscious, I believe she saw heaven. She woke up and had the biggest smile on her face and said, I just saw Terry. I could cry. What a peace she had knowing that she was going to reunite with him again. I for sure know that there was a peace from heaven. It brings me a sense of assurance to know that dad was in heaven because he was an atheist um, here on earth. Who knows what God can do in the final stages of your life? My mum passed away the next day after Auntie Jen and Uncle Rod read her Psalm 139. She rested peacefully. Weirdly as this sounds, but there was such a peace when she died because there was no more suffering for her, her here on earth. She was reunited with Dad, and she was also living her best life with her king. I love you, Mum. I love you, Dad. I love you, God. God is good. I would go to my grave believing that. Um. So, I know God is good. God has proven to be good in my life. Um, he's never failed me, but that doesn't mean that trauma isn't still in me. and doesn't mean that I don't feel anxious, and it doesn't mean that I don't... But I know... the other. Well, the other day I was in the car, and... Usually I really get hit by when the weather changes and it gets all cloudy and stuff because I think a lot of my trauma happened in, like, the colder seasons. So, Um, but, yeah, I was kind of just feeling really anxious and I was kind of crying. But then God just kind of reminded me of the promise of our salvation and what Jesus did for us. And that is the most, it's just the best thing ever, how even though like I've gone through so much, Jesus actually died on the cross. So that means that I can live in eternity with him. And that's what I focus on. It's like, I know that I'll be able to see my mom and my dad again someday, and I'll be able to live with Jesus forever. And that suffering here on earth is only temporary. So it's like, Jesus is just the best. And I love choosing Jesus every day. And so yeah, I just say, choose Jesus, despite trauma, because he is the best. And yeah, thanks.
1: How good. Amy is one of our absolute heroes and, you know, the most beautiful. And she won't say this, so she, um, <clears throat> she last year finished year 12 and she was voted, um, there's a award that we give out every year called the Good Fellowship Award. Is that what it's called? I sometimes call it something else weird. Um, This is voted by the school of the person who embodies loving God and loving others the most. And, you know, Amy has got every reason. Um, You wouldn't blame Amy if she was to go down potentially a destructive path, or a path of being angry at God, or a path of being reserved towards God in her life. The reality is, is you won't find a more joyful, uh, a more loving person. Amy... um, got to know everyone in the school, cared deeply for everyone in the school, the love of God, the same compassion in Jesus when he saw those people. Amy is, despite her disappointment with God, allowed her heart to open up and receive that love and also, like Darren was sharing during communion, being embodiment of that love to others and it's amazing to watch her, um, the way that she changed people around her as well. It's a real blessing. And so I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what your history has been I'm sure there's been disappointments you know my mum wasn't healed but i can tell you what i did see along her two-year cancer battle um there are amazing nurses and doctors many of them were believers rocking up praying for her sharing jesus with her my mum wasn't healed but she came back to the faith that she had rejected as a child um and, and received jesus as her savior and so god didn't rock up the way i wanted but he did rock up and if you're facing disappointment can i just encourage you again jesus is alive his power is real his compassion is for you in your situation and to move through you into other situations it may not be the way you want It may not be the way you like what would be the ideal but i love amy's faith that she's still seeing the loving god uh in amongst probably the most traumatic situation you could you could put a young person in and so um i'm just going to pray and as the band, I think, maybe comes, um, you know, if you sort of just would like prayer or just want to spend some time with God, that's, I think that's annoying to do, but we'd love to pray with you. I'm sure others would love to pray, but would love you just to open up your heart afresh. He sees you. He sees those around you and He sees you with compassion. He's here to help. The same Jesus, who touched this young woman and young man's life is in this building now. He's promised to be with us when we meet. And so, Lord, you are just so good. Lord, and we know that we all of us face situations that cause us to maybe doubt that, forget that, not feel that or believe that or see that. Lord, I just thank you for Amy's testimony and her faith. I thank you for the way that you moved through Steve and, and healed that young HIV-ridden baby. And Lord, right now, as um, our friends here and our friends, Lord, even in Edithburg and, and our neighbours are facing issues, Lord God, we turn our hearts to you. We know that you move in compassion. We know that you see us. And I ask right now, you be touching hearts and situations and bodies and minds and lives